My name is Alex Oberlin, and I work as a cab driver here in the city of Hartford. Sometimes people forget stuff in my cab, like this one guy who left a notebook that implicates him in the kidnapping of a fast food heiress. Thought I was doing the right thing, going to his apartment. And sure, yes, I found a clue about where the kid might be. But now my best friend's apartment building is on fire, my car is wrecked, and this guy Keith, the kidnapper, knows I'm after him. I could really go for a milkshake right now. Welcome to Midtown Mythos. I'm Morgan Knoll. I am joined by... My name is M. Star Brannigan. And we're going to go ahead and apologize right out of the gate for a little bit of noise. Uh, there's something going on with uh, Brannigan's cable for her mic. We're not entirely sure what. Um... Yeah, it's either the cable or the microphone. Um, but uh, it's just going to be an issue this episode. We should have it resolved by next time. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't interfere when I'm editing and make it really obvious where uh, I've removed my many ums and uhs. It probably will. <laughs> One thing that might help with that is I'm actually going to be implementing a slight new rule in here where time will advance slightly if you take too long with your sitting around going um, uh, um, uh, instead of making a decision. I don't like that rule. It was a base thing that I had the very first time I ever ran the game for anyone. Yeah, it is true. It is coming back with a vengeance. Okay. So, shall we begin? I guess. All right. Insist. I so, guess that's why I'm here. Yeah, a, a little bit. You are here to be my player slave. I mean, player. Uh, so, when we last left off, you were sitting outside of your best friend's apartment building, which was on fire. You had just gotten your ass kicked pretty much seven ways from Sunday by a fire mage named Keith. Sorry, there there is a teeny tiny fruit fly or gnat flying around, and it's going to drive us insane, I think. It was highly distracting. Highly distracting. Uh, earlier, it was sitting on my microphone, and I was having the hardest time not swatting my mic. <laughs> so that's going to be another thing happening this episode. I hope you're ready. Now it's on the... Ah! I saw it on the headphones over there in the corner. I saw it again. This is a, this is a great start to an episode. <laughs> All this annoying noise and then we're busy chasing a fly. It's like we're a bunch of cats. Complete <laughs> with hissing. Ha! I killed it. Okay. Ha. Dead little bugger. Literally. <laughs> so, you were sitting outside of this building, which is freshly on fire. You're staring up at it. What would you like to do? Um, so let me see what I got in my pockets. I've got my phone. I've got, um... You've got your phone. You've I've, got the keys to the apartment. i got the keys to Logan's car. You've got I've the got keys to Logan's knife, car. And then I've got, uh, I, got a, I guess i got a notepad in my pockets. Um, and, oh, and I still have the, um, uh, the receipt for, uh, uh, the warehouse that, um, yes. Keith rented. And that notepad is Keith's notepad, specifically. Oh, okay. I stole, I stole a notepad from him? That was the notepad that kicks this entire thing off. Oh, duh! That notepad. Okay, I'm a moron. Um, it's okay. We all have our moments. <laughs> uh, notebook, I guess, would be the right way. That's how we referred to it in well, episode one. Yeah, so. I was referring to it as the notebook in episode one because it's actually very similar conceptually to the notebook I carry all the time. But most people will just refer to this as a notepad. So. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Technicalities. Um, 
I am going to go ahead and I'm going to try to give Logan a call to make sure he's okay. <laughs> Very good choice. <laughs> All right. So you make a call to Logan. And after about five rings, just before the call goes to voicemail, he does answer. He's like, holy shit. Holy shit. Oh my god. Uh, dude, I'm just glad you're okay. Just I, get with the police. I'm gonna go. I gotta. I gotta get out of here. I'm taking your car still. Um, I. Uh, fuck. Um, yeah. Just go to the police. Um, I. I gotta get. I gotta get out of here. Okay. Just. Just be careful. I'm. I'm hanging out with Riley. Riley specifically is your ex. And the reason that you're on a couch, or we're on a couch, now the couch is on fire. You're hopefully not still on that couch. Anyway, yeah, so Logan is hanging out with your ex. Okay, lovely. Um, Just what you needed in life. Okay. Uh, um, punch him in the dick for me, would you, Logan? Uh, bye. And you hang up. I think that call went very well. <laughs> so you've made a phone call. Uh, you are covered in soot. Uh, there are police starting to arrive. They don't know you just came from inside that building yet. I'm sure if they take a close look, they'll notice. <laughs> yeah, they just haven't taken a close look yet because they're more worried about the giant building that's still on fire. So they're like, let's worry about that one before we worry about the little scrawny person over there. I don't really picture Alex as being that scrawny. but and, Well, I'm, I'm figuring they have a foreign fortitude, so they're probably not built. They're probably pretty lean and little. Oh, okay. Like a cat. <laughs> Just okay. a cat person. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to make a mad dash for uh, for Logan's car before... Uh, Getting stopped by the police? Yeah, before they notice. It's like, hey, there's a fire. Here's a person who's clearly just been in a fire. Hmm. Put two and two together. <laughs> two and two in this case clearly makes seven years in prison mm -hmm. i'm just kidding okay so two and two equals fish nah so well that's a spoiler <laughs> no <laughs> no all right focusing focusing so you make a mad dash to logan's car and i'm going to give that one to you yay i don't have to roll for mad dashing Yes. Unlike last Mad Dash time. modifier. Your Mad Dash modifier is, in fact, six for speed. Yay! Wow! Anyway. So you're in the car. Yay! What do you want to do now that you're in the car? I'm presuming drive away, but to where? Uh, I'm going to drive to that um, warehouse place. Interesting choice. Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just surprised because in between uh, recordings... I actually asked Brannigan here what she was probably going to do first. And her initial reaction was, I'm going to go to the police. So I had actually come up with a completely secondary <laughs> plot thread of if she goes to the police, how can I keep the game on track? And that's... Well, it's like in horror movies, you know? You always just yell at the screen, just go to the fucking police. Instead of, you know, being dumb. And I was just like, maybe Alex would, would just not be dumb. But now I think Alex is going to continue to be like, oh, I'm just going to handle this shit myself. 
you know, at this it's point, the mythos way. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point, Alex is kind of in this too deep to be like, oh, hey, so like I tried to deal with this kidnapper by myself, but you know what? Maybe I should let the professionals take over. I don't, you know, I think Alex, uh, as in over their head as they are, uh, they're uh, they're going um, for the uh, in for a penny, in for a pound uh, methodology. Yeah. One second, I just need to double check what I was going to do in this situation. <laughs> I've thrown all your notes out the window. Oh, no, no, no. I took notes then, on either thing. And then pooped on them. I took notes for either direction. Okay. I was planned. Yay. As a good uh, GM should. Yes. So, you make a mad rush, driving kind of irrationally, over to... I'm a cabbie. I drive like that anyway. You kind of do. That's why I'm not making you roll for that one either. <laughs> because, believe me, most people would have to make a roll for that. But you make them most people. Correct. So you're making a mad dash over to the warehouse. You do have to slow down a little bit in that area to make sure that you reach the correct warehouse. And when you do, you notice that there are a couple of lights on in the building. You can see them through upper windows. Okay. However, the building is still very dim inside, and there are no lights on outside. Do I have um, low light vision? You do not have any kind of low light vision because you are a person, not a monster of the night. So. I'm not a drow. You are not a drow. Oh. So, the best that you've got is a flashlight on your cell phone, which will completely give away any element of surprise that you're hoping to have. So, would you like to go in completely balls blind, or would you like to go in and make everyone perfectly aware of where you are in the building? Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna park a distance away, so it's not, like, immediately obvious that that, you know, that car is mine, the person who's going into this place. Um, and I'm gonna hang out outside somewhere dark for a little bit, um, kind of let my eyes adjust. Okay. I know, I know I won't be able to see very well inside still, but I will be able to see better than if I went in otherwise. Okay. How long do you want to give your eyes to adjust? Three minutes. Alright, that's about what I was thinking. I was just scared that you'd say, I'd like to wait ten minutes out a distance away from the warehouse. So, yeah, three minutes is good. Okay. So, after a few minutes have passed, uh, you start to make your way over to the building. Uh, You have locked the car. I'm just going to cover that one. Uh, There's a lot of people, of course, that choose that, oh, my car's going to be fine. No, 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 you're not one of the stupid ones. No, I I mean, in real life, I don't even... I don't even leave my car unlocked while I'm filling it with gas. Same. Um, partly because I've had a strange man walk up to me and ask me for a 20. I was like, ah, I'm going to get my car now. Yeah, and I've, I've seen, like, people will do that while people are distracted um, with, uh, you know, filling up their tank. They'll come around the other side of the car and, you know, open it up. I was like, hmm, yeah, I don't want to be that person. Exactly. So, you make your way over to the building. And you find that the side door for the building, the one that people are actually supposed to walk in through, uh-huh. is unlocked. Okay. Someone is in there. You don't know who. Do but... I have my bow and arrows with me? Uh, we assume yes. You know, I, I assume Alex would have grabbed them. I'm figuring they were still in the trunk. Well, yeah, but so I'm I'm going to let you have them okay. because I'm assuming that they were in the trunk of the car. Yes, yeah, so I never took them out of the uh, trunk last episode. Yeah. So, uh, we we went over a whole bunch of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, that that was mainly for the listener, by the way. Um, 
for you guys. Uh, so, you have your bow. You've got that notepad. You've got the keys and the car keys. You've got your phone, and you've got your little Oberite knife. So, you're at that door. It is unlocked. Someone is clearly inside, but you don't know who and you don't know where. Can I, can I hear them? Uh, you can't hear them yet, no. All you know is that someone is in there. Okay, um, I'm going to go in. Alright. Creepily, sneakily. I was presuming. Uh, you know what? Actually, since you're explicitly saying it, I'm gonna actually go ahead and be that dick. Go ahead and roll. roll. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and roll a d20. Sorry for the extra noise, by the way, from the roll, because I know that there is some extra noise. I rolled a 12. You rolled a 12? Um, I'm not going to explain just yet how the rules function. We can get around to that properly later if I get questions. You you have no problem. You, you are, you're able to sneak in. Uh, you don't get any funky bonuses for it. You aren't especially cool doing it or anything, but you are able to sneak in quietly. No somersaults or anything? No somersaults or anything. But that's that's kind of the point, though, is you made it in quietly. That's the important part. Anyway, so I am apologizing, though, for the extra noise, guys, of the dice, because last time we were rolling on this really quiet, very cheap, actually, but (laughs) useful for our purposes. uh, Card table. Yeah, card table. It had a vinyl surface on it, a very thin vinyl surface that deafened a lot of the dice rolls. I think the dice noise adds to the authenticity of it. It does, but it's also going to make people want to rip their ears out in mm. post, I guarantee it. You yeah. think the other noise from the microphone's bad. The dice noise will make people scream. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think that the other noise is going to annoy people an awful lot more. I don't. I have faith in your microphone and its terrible, terrible cable. So, you make your way into the... Misplaced faith. I'll misplace your faith. I'll faith your mis... mis-, mis- <laughs> yeah, don't try and out joke me. Don't try and out joke me. I got you. I got, got you. Tangled up in my own tongue. Sounds a little <laughs> sexy. Uh. Anyway, so you sneak in, and interestingly, now you can actually get a rough idea of where the person is inside. You still don't know who it is, but you can tell roughly where they are because. There's a lot of boxes in here, a lot of crates and pallets covered in cardboard boxes. And you see a bright light shining up across some of the walls of these boxes. Is this a warehouse from Indiana Jones? No, it's not that big. Oh. It is not a big old warehouse full of Nazis, no. Or Russians, if if you're going to go Crystal Skull with it. I never saw Crystal Skull. I recommend watching it at least once so that the beginning can impress the hell out of you and then the end can slowly disappoint you into submission. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm just thinking of the one where they, like, they're hiding... God, it's been so long since I've watched any of the Indiana Jones movies. I'll laugh if the... you describe Crystal Skull. No. No, this is before Crystal Skull came out that I last saw them. That's how long it's been. But the one where they're, like, you know, they got the item in the big old crate and then they, like, wheel it off and then it pans back. Uh, to show this big, massive warehouse. The one that Family Guy has referenced oh, at least so at the twice. end of the first film. Literally, that's the very ending of the first movie. That's Raider the, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Yeah. Yes. My dad would be so disappointed in me. He loves Indiana Jones. We're getting way off topic. It's so far off topic. 
So no, this is not that big a <laughs> warehouse, and most of the uh, most of the stuff in here. There's a few proper crates and a shipping container, but most of this space is wooden pallets covered in cardboard boxes wrapped together with plastic. Okay. And every now and then you're seeing shining up the wall of one of these piles of piles of crap, a little flashlight. So someone is walking along that row of garbage. Okay. Can I tell if they're making their rounds um, clockwise or counterclockwise? You can't tell much of what they're doing yet because they just finished walking along a row. Um, However, by the way that they spun around at the end of that row, you're guessing they're explicitly looking for something else besides just walking around as a guard. So so they, they appear to be looking for something, not patrolling. Correct. Okay. I am still going to try to avoid them. Okay. Because it could be that they're looking for me. <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe they've heard me come in. Roll a d20. 18. You hear a scuttling across the floor not too far away. It sounded big, but it almost also sounded like a spider. Like a spider that's about four feet long. See, when you said so- something big and scuttling, um, my first thought was a rodent of unusual size. Pretty much, except it sounded big and with many legs. Is it Aragog? No, you don't know what the hell it was because it's still dim in here and you didn't see it before it scuttled off. Okay. So yeah, you heard, you did not see. That's unnerving. Yes. Okay. Now I'm thinking about big-ass spiders and I don't like it. Um, You should be. Thinking uh, of big-ass spiders (laughs) and not liking it. Anyway, so I'm going to creep in, um, bow in hand, uh, trying to avoid this other person, and also the scurrying rodent of unusual size slash spider. That's the spirit. Spider of unusual size. You're a spider of unusual size. Rhodes, but no, never mind. That was a failure. Well, at least it wasn't on dice. Yeah, let's get my my verbal. Let's do the fir- the the. <laughs> I'm succeeding at verbal failures, and failing failures. At, and failing at dice successes. Oh wait, no, you've been succeeding. I've been, at I've those. been rolling okay. You've been my you've, two rolls that I've done. Yeah, you've passed both of those rolls, so yes. that's that's a good start. Yeah, What's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm 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 creeping. You're creeping, and you didn't panic when you heard the scuttling noise behind you Yay! so that's a good thing that's part of why i had your role was a to hear it and b to not freak out okay very much unlike real life pretty much that's one nice thing with alex is they're constructed with such high instinct that their survival reflexes are going to be in overdrive and they're not going to have a scaredy cat moment every time they turn around only some of the times they turn around. Exactly. So, you're sneaking along, and this is actually where I have to do a roll now. And let's see. They rolled an 11. So, the good news is... And by they, I mean he rolled an 11. Technically, you got they. I I roll. Yeah, we we've been roll. We we've been referring to you as he, and since Alex is they, 
it we're only gonna get confusing if we keep adding on this the the the, 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 the we're only gonna pronouns get, are a bitch is are. the moral of the story they are. That's why I just use female pronouns. It's so much easier. And usually I, I'm cool with male pronouns, but I think right now I'm feeling the Zzer pronouns. Zay rolled an 11. Ah. Yeah, I know. You hate those. You hate those. It's true. But see, Zzer makes more sense than they to me because they refers to a group. Yeah. And I can understand Alex liking they pronouns. That doesn't mean that I have to like them. It's true. Yeah. I respect pronouns, even if I don't like the pronouns. Agreed. That's why I'm awesome. Anyway, we were way off topic again. So the good news is, the person with the flashlight doesn't necessarily know where you are. But they heard you shuffling around in the dark. So they know that someone else is in here, besides their target. That implies that I'm not their target. Which Would I know that, or are you revealing too much accidentally no you're you're getting a rough idea of the situation in here you're starting to think that this person with the flashlight is in here hunting that scuttling thing that you overheard before okay and you just happen to be a third party in the middle of it congratulations are you excited yet sure Ah. um i'm gonna try to get around uh behind this person and i'm gonna get an arrow ready all right, uh, go ahead and roll for, you know what, I'm going to say speed. Oh, yeah, that's no problem. 17. I'm not even going to do another roll on the other person's end. Excuse me. So you sneak up behind them, and you can see that this absolutely is Keith. Oh, lovely. Yeah, he's got... A flashlight up in one hand, about parallel to his head, in sort of that same stance that cops hold it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then in the other hand, he's got that stick, the blasting rod. And there's a little bit of flame crackling out of the end of it, and it's dimly lighting up his side in orange. Is it his boomstick? Sure, we'll call it a boomstick. Okay. I was going to use the uh, Dresden Files term of blasting rod because I think that's more refined than calling it his wand <laughs> see it just it goes boom on alex's head a couple it's gone boom on alex's head a couple of times so in alex's mind it's the boomstick oh, the boomstick i like that also um evil dead so yes one of my favorite film series by the way everyone anyway i've never actually seen it but uh coheed and cambria uses uh, a clip from it um in a version of one of their songs so. Correct. And I actually specifically preferred that version of that song. It is the acoustic version of... Um, Shoot, and now we're going to... It's on Second this. Stage Turbine Blade. Yeah. Um, are you going to look it up? I am. <laughs> it's bothering you now. It um, is, because I love that song. Yeah. And I love specifically that version of that song. Let me see here. A couple brief break while we switch over to our other programming, the Coheed and Cambria Hour, where you listen to us talk about our favorite band for an hour. Where is it? And then we'll get back to the story. Where is it? Where oh, is June Song Provision. Oh, June Song. Yeah, okay. Yes. June Song Provision. I love their acoustic version better than their electric version. Oh, it, it started off almost exclusively because it's got that clip from uh, Army of Darkness at the beginning. But just something about it strikes me as so 
playful but sad at the same time. There's there's this playfulness and glee to it, but it's just such a depressing song if you stop and think about what it's saying. There's a really good acoustic version of it. I think it's the crowing that I like a lot too. Oh, that's got to be great. Yeah. Oh, I can um, only imagine. Okay, we're once again we've gotten off topic. <laughs> This is Edward dying apparently. This is Brannigan Star dying. <laughs> Another program switch brought to you by Brannigan and Noel. Anyway, okay, I'm back. So back on subject, he's walking around with his boomstick in one hand and his flashlight in the other, and he's clearly looking for something, and he has not heard you. And this is important. Now you've got an arrow knocked. I thought you said he he knew it, but he knows I'm in there. He knows you're in there. He or didn't hear where there. you were. And that was a minute ago before you did that sneak around that you aced. You aced the crap out of that. Yay for acing things. Yeah. See, even though he knew you were in there, that was still a great enough roll that you you got around him, you got an arrow set up. You could put him down like a stray dog right now. All you need is one good roll. I'm going to try to wing him in the arm that's got um, that's got the, uh, the boom sick. All right. Uh, go ahead. 16. Holy shnikey. Okay. So, to paint a little picture here, you've got the arrow lined up. You take aim at his arm, okay? You shoot. The arrow goes through his arm. The bone clearly breaks. You can hear it snap like a twig That's inside of his arm. That's a sound effect to look for. Yes. <laughs> Just look for the sound of a squishy, wet stick snapping. <laughs> you can see the blood fly out. You can see the arrow ping off in the distance, getting stuck in a box. You can see the stick fall and sputter to a stop next to him. He screams. He stumbles away and leans against a wall while looking at his arm. And then he spins his head around and looks at you with a pained, terrified expression. What have you done? What have you done? Now I'm just thinking about in Princess Mononoke when uh, Ashitaka fires the arrow at a guy and it fucking cleaves his arms right off. Yeah. I just watched Ponyo the other day again. I forgot how cute that movie is. I could never get into it. I love... Shoot, what is it? Um... Spirited Away. Oh no, that's a good one too. But no, the loop in the third. Oh, I never. I see. I couldn't. Oh God, I couldn't get so into good. that one. But it's, I, that was I in think, high school that I last watched it. I don't think your opinion on it's going to change much because the only reason that I think I enjoyed it as much as I did is when I was in middle school. I would stay up late at night to watch Adult Swim, and specifically, they would play episodes of Loop on the Third, which was this whole beautiful TV series, and then. Miyazaki taking a crack at the character. My god, he he did a beautiful job making the character respectable, interesting, aloof, a complete nuisance, and he came up with a brilliant villain too. Anyway, back back <clears throat> now that the Miyazaki hour is over, we'll get back to the game. Uh so he asked me what I, what I've done. What if, what he said what if, what have you done? Yeah. <clears throat> uh where where's the kid? And he blinks and he's like you're a fucking idiot, aren't you? You're a fucking idiot. Go ahead and roll a d20 for me, please. Okay. 
So again, it's very good that your instinct as, is as ridiculously high as it is, because this, I'll go ahead and tell you, she, she rolled a 14, their instinct is a 9, but the challenge level on this particular roll was high enough that even counting in that 9 modifier, the roll only actually accounts to a 12. This is a scary fucking thing you're about to see. Alex Oberlin, my dear, dear little poor, naive fool. As you're standing there, and you're knocking another arrow, I'm presuming. Yeah. You watch in terror as something, you can't quite tell what at a glance, lunges out of the darkness, slams into Keith, throws him back up to a standing position, then off of his feet, and he stumbles away around another corner. And all you hear is gnashing and ripping and tearing, and you see blood spraying across. His flashlight is clattering across on the floor and rolling around in a circle, and all you see is blood oozing across the floor in a thick, syrupy pool. Is the child a wendigo? The child is certainly something not human, and the child was hungry. The child's having a good old time. So, okay, yeah, I was starting to wonder if that scuttering, scuttering? scuttling sound I heard was perhaps the child in some sort of creature form. <coughs> Sorry, I had to die again real quick there. Um, <laughs> as long as Alex doesn't. Yeah. Um, oh, good catch. Oh, uh, n- not the best trick in, a, in an audio medium, but uh, Null just rolled the die over across the table to me. And it fell off the edge, and I caught it like a badass. I'm so, proud of that moment. I just wanted to share. You should be. We're, we're at 32 minutes, and we've accomplished almost nothing, because we're too busy talking about other things. It okay. is sad. So what exactly does... Can I... Uh, I know it's dark, but can I see what this creature looks like? No. It, all you see, actually, is from about Keith's ankles... To the tips of his feet and his stupid ugly boots. And just a pool of blood as it creeps out. It's now actually overtaken the flashlight. So you now see a little bit of red being shown back up onto Keith. So is he dead? He is super dead. Okay. I helped. Um. <laughs> you, you helped. <laughs> Let's have a moment of mourning for Keith Appleton, age 36, who has been killed... Through the complete incompetence of Alex Oberlin. Well, fuck you too. Do uh, do any of the boxes look like I could like scramble up on top of them for a higher vantage point? With a little bit of effort, you could probably scramble up on top of them. But the problem is, you're not going to get a lot of height. Uh, you'll be about four, four and a half feet higher into the air. So it's it's better than where you are now. But it's not a great vantage point, and it's not like you're gonna have many places to go from there. Okay, um, hmm. I'm gonna try to get a look at this creature. I think. Okay. Uh, so you want to sneak around the corner? Want to? No, but that is what I'm going to do. Okay. Do you want to grab the flashlight, or do you want to leave it alone? Because the only way you're gonna get a really good look is p- picking up that flashlight. It is kind of hard to use a bow with. A flashlight in one hand. It is. How, how big of, are we talking like mag light or are we talking like a smaller flashlight that I could like stick in my teeth? 
It's a little bit smaller than a Maglite. It's not quite teeth small. Um, Strangest unit of measurement. Teeth small. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean, though. It's not quite small enough you can hold it conveniently in your teeth. Especially not when it's soaked in Keith's blood. Oh, ew, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He's not a vampire. No. Um, ah. Uh, I think she just struck on it. Uh, who needs a Wendigo when you have an entire species? Anyway. So. You could pick up the flashlight, and that's going to be your best bet at getting a look at this thing. Or you could sneak around the corner and just see its shadowy form on top of a dead man. Fuck it. I'm going to grab the flashlight. Okay. I want to see what this thing is. So, the good news is you don't need to put away the arrow completely, but the bad news is you're not going to be able to still have it knocked. Right. So, go ahead and give me a quick d20 roll. And here's where I'm finally going to fail, I bet. Okay, nine. That's not the worst thing I've ever rolled. That's not the worst thing, and the good news is you're still landing at a ten, which means that you're still... You're still in the game. Yay, I'm not dead yet. Yeah. I like not being dead. Yeah. So you sneak over as quietly as you can, and you grab up the flashlight as gently as you can, and you shine the beam at this thing. And it's a little girl, deathly pale. Okay, yeah, so she's a vampire. (laughs) In a torn-up nightgown. And all you can see is that she has ripped all of the skin off of Keith's face And she spins to look at you, her eyes reflecting in the low light. And you see blood completely encircling her mouth and fangs on both the upper and lower jaws. Gross. And she looks at you, hisses, just dives back in, ripping out the throat and chewing and eating and drinking. And then she looks back at you, blinks a few times, closes her mouth, and says, are you here to help me? Um. (laughs) Define help? Take me back to my mommy and daddy. And she gets up. Her fingernails are elongated and come to points like talons, almost like a bird. And they're soaked in blood. And she's walking towards you on unsteady feet. This man took you away from your mommy and daddy? Is yes. that is that why you killed him? I was so hungry. Okay, yeah. I I'll take you back to your mom and dad. Very slowly, the nails start to retract back into her hands. And the fangs retract back further into her gum line. And she blinks as her pupils shrink back to a normal size. And she walks over and tries to put her hand into yours, only to find it holding the flashlight. I um, <clears throat> I just want to give you a quick um, glimpse into Alex's head uh, so you know why I've, uh, they've made this decision. I've made this decision. So Alex is fucking petrified right now. Um, but the uh, vampire or no, Alex is terrified of the idea of killing a child and... You know, excuse me, and since the child didn't immediately try to attack them, that they're all the more hesitant to attack the child. Um, Especially when the child could probably take them in a fight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, 
Alex is not sure how to kill a vampire. Um, they did not bring any garlic. They have no cross. And the arrows are made of fiberglass, not wood. So it's not like it, it can, you could use it as a stake through the heart in a pinch. Um, but yeah, so Alex is just kind of improvising and going with it. And uh, hopefully it seems to be working. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to sling the bow over my shoulder and you know, take the flashlight in my other hand. And, and presumably uh, put away the arrow. No, I was gonna, I was gonna eat that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll put the arrow away, um, and and take the little girl's hand. All right. And so, I'm gonna lead her back to Logan's car. Okay. So very, very carefully. You're leading her outside. Trying not to get too much of this kidnapper's blood on you. Yeah. <laughs> Does uh. Does Logan have any blankets or anything in his car that I can, uh... Mm-mm. No? Okay, no. well, I'm gonna have to wash his car, probably. Probably. <laughs> oh, no, his apartment just burned down. I think that's gonna be the last thing that he's really concerned yeah, about. Like, oh, sorry about the blood on your car. Oh, yeah, no, don't worry about that, bro. It's cool. Don't, don't worry about it. So you're it's making... all good, fam. So you're making your way... Alex is young. I gotta talk like the hip cool kids that I'm not. I'm not that young. They're Lit. 23. Yeah, but I mean, that's how 23-year-olds talk, don't they? I mean, I guess a little bit. I don't know. Anyway. But it's been a couple of years since I was 23. God damn it. So you make your way back to Logan's car when another car pulls up at the warehouse. Oh, shit. And a woman with long blonde hair jumps out with a gun in her hand and runs inside. Oh, so she hasn't seen me. She has not seen you yet. Okay, well, let's keep it that way. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to uh, <clears throat> hurry the child into the car. And, uh... Tear away into the night? Yes. Okay. Those words. So you tear away into the night, and you're doing as good a job as you can of getting the hell out of that area, and getting back into a good part of town where there's less in the way of kidnappers, murderers, and thugs. And gypsies, tramps, and thieves? Sure. I'll accept that. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Also, jokers, smokers, and tokers. Anyway. So... You make your way back into the good parts of town. And what would you like to say or do? Where are you going to go? Do, do you know how to um do you know how to get home? No. She's only like 8. Okay. <clears throat> You'll have to excuse my 8-year-old girl voice. <laughs> um <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um <clears throat> that's that's her 85 year old man voice (laughs) no that's my we ate pizza for dinner and now now my throat's all gooey yeah your your throat's all gooey shut the hell up um (laughs) you're driving around in a circle now you pull into a parking lot for a gas station because you're taking so long to answer this simple question that i posed to you well, I, I'm, I, I'm figuring I should probably take her to the police, but I also, like, am concerned about, like, okay, this child's got blood all over her mouth and everything, and, you know, I, I figure her parents have probably got to be aware that she's a vampire. They, this mean, they might be vampires themselves. It's, Reasonable it's, line thinking. Yeah. Um, so, was there any, like, tip line or anything that had been advertised to call yeah and you called it last time no i called the police tip line but was there a 
tip a line private the... tip line for the family? Yeah, anything like that? No, they've been going directly through the police in this case. Surprising, considering they're vampires, but okay. This is Mythos. The weird, weird world. With vampires and dragons and fire mages. Oh my. <laughs> um... Incidentally, everyone, if you go and look at the Mythos blog, mythospodcast.tumblr.com, I post a lot of little clues and hints about where this show is heading. All you gotta do is read between the lines and really look at it. Anyway, um, I'm going to... Does, does the gas station have... Uh, like a bathroom that I could... Does it have one of those like outside bathrooms or would I have to go inside? You'd have to go inside. Okay. Um, yeah, this isn't a country ho- hobo store, basically. This, this is actually a nice little gas station. Okay, for the record, inside. though, the Shell station over on... What's that? Walnut? They have one of those outside. In, in Cary, they have an outside bathroom. I noticed when I was filling up there the other day. And I was, I was surprised. You'll want to edit that. that part out so that people don't know what state we're in. But, uh... I mean, if they if they, if they follow me on Twitter, I talk about North Carolina. So. Okay, fine. We're in North Carolina, <laughs> and she lives in Cary. No, I don't. I live in Raleigh. You, you... I live very close to Cary, but I live in Raleigh. You have a carry address. I have I have a Raleigh address. It's carry according it's, to my phone. It's Raleigh according to my lease. Google agree. Google disagrees with your lease. Okay, well, whatever. Anyway, I, I live in Raleigh. Yeah, um, the Raleigh carry area, the Raleigh carry up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, now that we're done having an argument, yes. <laughs> so, One of many that we tend to have. Yeah. Um. I. Fuck it. I don't know what else to do. I'm going to call the police. I don't, otherwise, I don't know how to get this kid home. Alright. Um, are you calling the emergency line or the non-emergency line? I'm going to call the tip line. The tip line. Okay. And last time, you'll have to, by the way, excuse last episode. I was super freaking tired last time, barely able to keep my eyes open, and trying to run a session of this game. So last time, the tip line consisted of, Hey, Colin, what do you want to tell us? This time I'm going to say, Yes, you, you've reached the tip line in search of finding and helping Lisa Herschel. What do you have for us? I found Lisa Herschel. Oh my god, where, where are you? Where is she? Is she okay? Uh, she... She... I think she's okay, as far as I can tell. As far as you can tell, she's got some blood on her, but um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's hers or if it's from um, her her kidnapper. Okay, um, what happened to the kidnapper? Where are they? Uh, he's in a warehouse, and then I'm gonna bump my microphone stand. Oh, uh, I thought that was a kitty. No, that, that was a foot. Um, <laughs> kitty or foot, you decide. <laughs> uh, he uh. So I'd give him the address to the warehouse, and um, he he's in there. He got attacked by something. Um, I don't know what. Uh, well, I mean, it's a wild, crazy world. It it, it is most certainly that. Um, but yeah, so I'm at uh, I'm at the Shell station uh, in the parking lot. Where where should I bring this child? And after a minute of. <laughs> 
discussion hushed away from the phone. Finally, the person on the tip line says, go to the nearest police station. We'll make sure that they know that you're on your way. Okay. And they hang up. So I guess you want to head to the nearest police station? I guess I do. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The nearest police station, thankfully, is only about three minutes away. So you make a beeline for it. And no, you don't have to roll anything. Uh, Do you have anything else that you want to ask or say to Lisa before taking her into this police station? Not really. I mean, I don't know how to talk to eight-year-olds. All right, fair enough. So, so is she talking to me at all, or not really? Is she just, like, crying or happy or scared or... None confused? of the above. She's looking down at the blood on her hands, and every now and then she'll lick at or suck on one of her fingers. Gross. Yes. You make a beeline to this police station, and you get out of the car, and... Almost immediately, there are police rushing out to the car, and they have a sense on their face, a look on their face, of two emotions at the same time. Relief and abject disgust and fear. Okay. So they're unloading the kid and wrapping her in blankets, and then one of them brings out a towel instead because... Blood. Because blood. (laughs) And the one who brings out towels has just this terrified look on his face, just confused and disgusted as he leads her inside. Uh, I guess I'm going to follow them inside. I don't know, you already have someone actually who has just walked over to your side of the car. Oh, okay. And is opening up the car and saying, uh, you must be the person who found Lisa? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Alex Oberlin. Uh, should, should I call you Mr. Oberlin or Miss Oberlin or... Just Alex. It's fine. Uh, all right, Alex. Uh, come on inside. We need to ask you a few questions just for the reports. Okay. So you're led inside by a man with long, curly black hair whose badge says Thompson on it in big black letters against a shiny gold badge nameplate i don't think it would be on his badge itself. okay nameplate thank you you're welcome anyway so thompson leads you inside and sets you down at this on the other side of his desk and then goes over to his side and i'm presuming you don't want to go through the process of filling out this report do, do you actually want to role play out filling out this report? Are you really oh, okay. going to do I this thought, to me? I thought, I thought you were asking if I wanted to like try to duck out of there or something. No, I mean, you could no, try I, and do I, that I too. I don't want to role play paperwork. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't think so. So what I'm going to have you do instead is grab a d20 and roll for charisma just to talk your way through this. Okay. Watch and, me. Roll a one. And you can give a... Not, not too far off. <laughs> uh, and just give me an idea. I mean, the challenge is low anyway. Just of sort of what you're saying to this guy. Uh, yeah, so basically, I found this guy's notebook, and so, uh, I went to his house, where I found out where his warehouse is, and then he burned down my apartment, and so then I went to the warehouse, and, uh, I found him there, and, uh, I shot him with an arrow, cause, um, he was a kidnapper, and then I found the kid, and he got attacked, and, uh, and then I took the kid here. All right. And he's scribbling all this down. And one second, I actually need to make a little note here myself. Yeah, you need to scribble it down. 
So, I'll go ahead and tell you your final result in that roll was a 7, which the way that checks function in this game is the closer to 20 you are, the better, obviously. But your result, if it... it are you staring at a cat? I am staring at a cat. He's laying on the dog's bed, and he's very small compared to the dog's bed, and it's very cute. Anyway, so if it's under a 10, though, that isn't good. I'm not going to say outright that you failed this, but it will come back later on in some context. Joy. Yes. So, you are technically free to go now. You've done the paperwork. You have turned in the little girl. Uh, is there any kind of reward or anything that the family posted? And Thompson looks up and he goes, Oh, you'd have to talk to them about that. And, and it's actually great timing that you're asking about that because as far as I know of, I think they should be here any minute now. Oh, okay. Um, thanks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do that. So you start making your way outside. Or into the lobby, I should say, of the little police station. And there is a very lean, big, smiley man. He's tall and thin with a very large smile. And you recognize him, actually, from a commercial that you saw about four years ago. This man is Wesley Herschel, the founder of the Herschel's fast food chain. Uh, hi, you must be Mr. Herschel. I'm Alex. I'm the one who found your daughter. Hello there, Alex. It's good to meet you, and it's it's so important to me that you found her. Thank you so much for that. Uh, you're... you're welcome. Um... I, I don't... I don't mean to sound, um... Because uh, I know you're... I'm sure you're just relieved and happy uh about finding your daughter uh so i just wanted to get out of your way as quickly as possible and uh be on, be on my way um uh was there any uh kind of reward perhaps for finding your daughter i mean there hadn't been one posted but i can certainly provide you a reward absolutely o okay great just just speak with my assistant outside and we'll figure something out for you absolutely okay um I will go outside and locate your assistant. Uh, thank you. So you step outside, and you spot this woman in glasses, long blonde hair, with a long pencil skirt on, and she's holding a tablet in one hand and a phone in the other, and she's checking the phone, looking at the tablet, checking the phone, looking at the tablet, then she looks up at you, and she just blinks once in acknowledgement before looking back down to the tablet and then the phone. Is she the woman I saw running into the warehouse? Go ahead and roll a d20. <laughs> oh, crit fail. <laughs> I'm, so basically, I have no idea. Yeah, unfortunately, you really can't be sure. She seems... I don't know. She, she seems like pretty much anyone else in this city. Just a little bit too uptight. So... It could have been her, but you're really not sure. Okay, well, of all the things to roll a crit fail on, I'm pretty okay with it being that. Yeah, that's 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 fairly good fortune, I think. Okay, well, I'm going to approach her and uh, say, uh, I was told to speak to you about a reward. Oh, were you the were you the nice person who found Lisa? 
Yeah, yeah, that was me. Oh, okay. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. And she takes the phone, shoves it down into this huge purse that she's carrying, and closes the tablet and tucks it under her arm and offers you a hand. And she says, I'm Rosie. Uh, n- nice to meet you. And it's good to meet you. What was your name? I didn't catch it. Oh, Alex. What was the last name? O- Oberlin. Okay. I'll make sure that you get a check. Um, just stay in touch with us. Um, I can... Here, let me go ahead and get down your address real quick so we have a mailing address for that check. Uh, tell you what. Um, let me give you uh, the place where I work. Uh, I don't have a, uh, a permanent living address at the moment. Okay, that'll, that'll be fine. Um, just as long as you think that your coworkers are trustworthy. I think so. I hope so. All right. Uh, let me go ahead and get that address. And I'm presuming you say the address. Whatever the cab depot address is. Cab yes. depot. And she <laughs> scrolls down, cab depot. And that's the address. <laughs> it's a very strange world. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, so she scrolls down the address and thanks you and shakes your hand again. And shakes her head and says, so did you hear about the fire earlier tonight? Yeah, that was um, at my apartment building. You're kidding. No, I mean, I wish. I wish I was kidding, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy old world we live in, right? It really is. It seems like you can't go a week without something happening in the city and some building or another falling down. Yeah. The, wait, the building fell down? No, no, no. That that one just caught fire. I, I'm sorry. That was a little cold of me. I, it's just been a rough week. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm I'm happy I was able to help uh, get Lisa back safe. Um, she she seems like a very special girl. Oh, she is. She is. She is such a special, special young girl. And she nods, smiles, and says, Well, I need to catch up with Mr. Herschel. Have a nice evening. I'll try, but bye. And she smiles and heads on her way. So, you're standing in a police lobby covered in soot and blood with an arrow. I'm sorry, an entire bow and arrow set. Did I retrieve um, the arrow that I shot through uh, through Keith's arm? Okay, so I have 29 arrows left. You have 29 arrows left. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> 29. I imagine I have to explicitly tell you I'm going to retrieve an arrow if I want it to be counted. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a little like bullets that way. Um, you wouldn't retrieve bullets, though. So. <laughs> exactly. So you're standing there. You've got 29 arrows and a bow in a police station, and you are covered in certain blood. What would you like to do? <laughs> Probably leave? Yeah, leave. Leave, most certainly. Um, you don't have a place to stay anymore. Where I, the hell are you going to go? I don't. Logan's at Riley's place, and I don't want to go there. Do I have other friends? Uh, not really. You alienate people. I mean, you guess you could see if Casey has a place for you to sleep, but that's your boss. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of alienate most of your friends. Am I a member of a gym or anything? No. No, basically you spend all your time either hanging out with Logan, sleeping on his couch, or at work. I mean, I guess you could go find your car, your cab, and sleep in that. Or I could sleep in Logan's car. (laughs) 
That's also an option, yes. It's but kind it's of a hobo hard. option. Yeah, well, so would be sleeping in a cab. But, I mean, I do keep a pillow in there for that explicit purpose. Yeah, but that's back in the cab. You don't yes. have that in the car. I don't, but... No. It's... It's my a options, something. My options are limited. Um, but I'm also covered in soot and blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess one option is you could ask someone here if you could wash up. And then you could... Yeah, I'm going to put the bow and arrow and stuff uh, in the car and then ask uh, a police officer, hey, is there like a shower or something I could use? Alright, so you go drop off the stuff. I explicitly made a little note here that you dropped off the stuff by erasing a dot. Row, row. Yeah. <laughs> and you make your way back to... Uh... Well, I can't imagine I walked into... I can't imagine I walked into the police station with the bow and arrows in my hands. Okay, so you <laughs> left them in there sooner. Yeah, yeah, they were they were in the car already, but yeah. Okay. So, either way, then, you're standing in the lobby then, no yeah. bow and arrow, and you just turn around and walk back in, and you're like, Hey, Thompson, is there somewhere I can shower? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I guess you are a bit of a mess, yeah. And he uh, helps you over to a uh, shower area, a little locker locker room. room, Yeah, yeah. He helps you over into a locker room, and he's like, yeah, it's not great, but this is the body wash and shampoo I use. So he hands you his stuff, because he's (laughs) a very genuinely nice guy. He is. Are they going to give me a a Hartford PD uh, t-shirt to replace my city one? Probably, yeah. Cool. He'll probably give you some sweatpants and a t-shirt, yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. He's not going to loan you his underwear, though. Just, oh, okay. Just I, I don't full want disclosure. his underwear. Yeah. Those are all his. Yeah. So, um, you shower, clean up, get the blood off of you, get the soot off of you, and then you emerge feeling not great, but at least 85% less shitty. That's a considerable amount less shitty. Yeah. yeah. And that's really good because, um, I I mean, you know about this. I don't think it's really been mentioned to the audience, but as stressful things happen to a player character, that character's sanity will start to get chipped at a little bit. A little bit like their health can get chipped at by physical assaults. Um... But doing things like eating a good meal or taking a relaxing shower can help to restore their sanity a little bit and help to keep them feeling good. And that's an important thing for Alex in this case because they witnessed some really awful things tonight. Yeah. Yeah, the best thing to kind of compare it to is um, if you play video games and if you're familiar with I haven't played um, Heavy Rain, but uh, one of its like predecessor-type games, uh, Indigo Prophecy, where you can take different actions that either uh, help or hurt your sanity. We don't um, use the same like uh, metrics, I guess you'd call it, and uh, it's not quite so particular with numbers, but just kind of a general... For me, it's all about the narrative flow uh, right. for both the health and sanity. Uh, these things will go up and down literally just according to what seems appropriate for what the character's dealt with, which occasionally pisses off some people. 
but usually it does away with the numbers that so often plague role-playing games. So anyway, to get back to it, you've just stepped out of the shower, you've gotten dressed in a Hartford PD t-shirt and a pair of gray sweatpants, and you feel significantly less like a piece of trash, what would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to head back to Logan's car, and then I'm going to find a nice, quiet Walmart parking lot to go to sleep in. All right, sounds good. So, I have some good news and some bad news. Of course you do. Roll that d20. Mother. <laughs> I rolled a two. What you see causes Alex to have a full-blown anxiety attack. Because Thompson, that nice cop that you were just talking to, he is lying on the floor with his throat slit and a towel over it to stop the blood from going on the floor. Several of the cops are lying in a row beside him with their throats slit, with towels over them, lying on the floor. And there's a row of cops facing away from them. So basically, I get out of the shower and everybody's dead. No, no, not everybody. Just eight cops. But I mean, in a station with 20 total, that's still a sizable count of dead cops. It is. And what are the rest of the cops doing? They're standing against the wall, crying with their backs turned, not looking at what is happening. And Herschel is sitting in a chair, wiping blood off of a claw. And he looks up at you and smiles and says, I'm very sorry. You're not going to die, but I need you to see this and to know that if you tell absolutely anyone what you saw Lisa doing, I'm going to have to do the same. Do you understand? Yeah, no, tr- trust me. I, I mean, I... I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not telling I'm not telling any any anybody at all definitely definitely not excellent because these fine men and women here on the floor they couldn't make the same promise they had to be dealt with they were going to try and tell people and I can't let that happen to my dear sweet baby girl yeah no trust me I mean I didn't I didn't even I didn't even I didn't even tell the cops what what I what I saw, man. I, I told them some some other uh, something else attacked the guy, and I yeah, I'm 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 not telling anybody anything. Good, good. Rosie, with me. And he gets up, and he starts out of the police station, and then another man in a long black leather coat with sunglasses comes in with a tarp rolls it out onto the floor, and starts rolling the bodies onto the tarp. What would you like to do? Now that I'm feeling thoroughly scarred again, um, (laughs) I am going to... I'm going to head to Logan's car and... and Drive away? (laughs) Drive away and find a spot to park and cry. Okay. Okay. So... You, uh, and you drive away, and you can't stop picturing Thompson's face. You bring the car to a stop in a parking lot for a home improvement store, and you curl up in the back seat as best as you can, and you try to fall asleep. Go ahead and roll a d20 for me. 
Eleven. You have another nightmare. Of course I have another nightmare. But this one, when you reach the bottom of that hole, that hole no longer has a layer of dried blood at the bottom. Now it has a layer of fresh blood? No, now it has a series of bodies at the bottom, almost arranged like puzzle pieces, so they perfectly fill the bottom of the hole. Are they the bodies of the police officers, by any chance? And Keith. And there's someone standing at the bottom of the hole waiting for you. And she smiles. Rosie? No. The little girl? The little girl. Lisa smiles and says, Thank you so much for bringing me home. And then you wake up. And it's about, I'll say, five in the morning. Just late enough in the morning where you should probably get up and go back to the cab depot. But just early enough where it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll get up and I'll head to the cab depot. Alright. By the time that you get there, it hasn't changed much time-wise. It's about 5.30 in the morning now. And the depot isn't quite open yet. Uh, so it's not a 24-hour cab service? Uh, it's 24-hour cab service, but uh, they'll have cabbies out throughout the night. Right, but like the only person at the office is maybe like uh, like a dispatcher or something? Yeah, place is always locked up and dark except for like one office, but you can't see inside. Uh, you could knock on the door and see if someone can let you in. Okay, I'm going to knock on the door and see if someone can let me in. All right, so you knock, and the person who comes to the door, let me... Grab a random name, <laughs> grab a random name, because I hadn't thought this far in advance, and that's a problem, yes it is. Doop de doop 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 Here we go, okay. So, when someone finally comes to the door, you recognize him, but only dimly. His name is Charlie Donegan, and you've only heard of him a few times, you haven't actually really seen him before. But you do recognize do him. Do I know that his name is Charlie Donegan, or...? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you know of him. You just haven't actually been face-to-face with him like this. You've seen his picture on the wall a couple of times in the office, and that's been about it. Okay. Uh, is he letting me in, or is he just at the door? He opens the door, and he's like, What can I do for you? Uh, hey, I don't know if you've seen me around. I'm Alex. Uh, I'm a driver here, too. I was just hoping you could let me in. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess I can let you in, yeah. I don't know why I like that voice tonight, but I'm <laughs> I'm using the crap out of that voice tonight. Um, so, yeah, he goes ahead and he holds the door open and he's sort of looking past you a little bit before, as you're walking him. And uh, he's like, you seen anything weird out there? Fucking sideways. Uh, no, why, did something happen? I mean, there's always something weird happening in this city. People disappearing, and and some building got set set on fire last night. Just all sorts of weird, weird shit in this city. I'm telling you, I don't yeah. trust nothing. That's why I work here at night, is so I'm safe here, and you know nothing's gonna come and get my ass. Famous last words. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. Um, 
You you uh you got anybody waiting for a ride that I could go pick up? Um, I'm I'm sans cab right now, but uh, you know, if you wanted to just you know get me in a spare one, I you know I can I'm need something to do. And he sort of blinks at you a few times, as people have been doing lately, because they're like, the fuck is this person's problem? Who is this strange, strange person? Anyway, yeah, you're not going to encounter a lot of issue from Charlie. Uh, Charlie looks at his watch, looks at you, and goes, eh, sure, why not? And he grabs a set of keys off of his hip, unlocks a little metal box on the wall, opens it, rifles through, and says, yeah, here you go, and throws a set of fresh, clean cab keys at you. Yay, new cab! Yes. It's mine now. Yes. <laughs> and you go out to the cab, and unfortunately it's not a new cab. It's a cab, though. It's a cab, and it's recently been refurbished with fresh new seats because the previous ones had been torn to pieces. Ah, probably by a dragon. Uh, not a dragon in this case. Oh, but a Wendigo. Stop guessing Wendigo. Hippogriff? No. Stop it. Manticore. Some, something tore up the seats. Unicorn? Centaur. No. 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 What about a Just mermaid? get in the fucking cab. Mermaid cab. Get me a boat. <laughs> I'll stop. Thank fuck. So you get into the cab. And do you want to turn on the radio? Yeah. Okay. So interestingly, this radio happens to have the exact same issue you're noticing as your previous cab did. And it's unfortunate considering they just fixed this damn thing. So you would you would think they would have tackled that specifically, but they didn't. Go ahead and roll me a D twenty. So as you're fumbling Go ahead. Oh, I rolled a two. So as you're fumbling with the controls for the radio, uh you notice that this radio was busted, as I mentioned before, and specifically it only gets AM stations. And this time you pull up to your amusement a woman singing a country song about the roost block you find that very confusing because it's not exactly like the country singers of this nation have a particularly strong obsession or love for the russian government so you're not exactly sure why this woman would be singing about the roost block but okay fine sure you do you fam yeah remember i'm young so i say fam yeah and after a little while, the song dissolves back into the familiar static. So, yeah, you're dealing with that on your radio to this morning. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to turn it back off. <laughs> Aww. So you turn off the radio. Not a big country fan. <laughs> and you look up as you're starting up the cab. When you notice, the doors to the depot are still closed. He's, he's not opened up the doors for you to drive the cab out of the depot. So you shut the car back off. What would you like to do? <laughs> is is there a spot where I can go and, uh, like, hit a button to open the doors? I mean, yes, but it does require two different people pressing buttons on either side of the door. What um, a strange setup. It, it's just set up that way so no one person can randomly get in here and steal the cabs. Huh. Yeah. Is that a real thing? That you've seen places, or is this something you've just made up just now? It's something that I partially made up just now, partially made up about almost a week ago. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, when you started asking really weirdly dumb specific questions about the cab depot, <laughs> I started coming up with the way that this place kind of operates. Okay. 
Yeah. I don't remember anything like that when I worked at the car deal at a car dealership, but okay. I'm going to hit you with a shovel one day, and you won't see it coming. You'll know it's coming, but you won't see it coming. When you least expect it. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go talk to this guy, Charlie, and ask him to uh, help me open the doors. And he looks at you and shakes his head, and he's like, Christ on a muffin. I just told you I don't like going out there. It's dangerous out there, and you don't know what's going to come in. Do you really want those doors open in some manticore or something coming through those doors to rip us to ribbons you know what happened in that car previously something tore up the seats do you want to be tore up like leather seats i don't think you do wait so let me get this straight you're giving me keys for another cab and telling me i can go out on a job but you're not actually going to physically let me out of the building yeah i guess that is a little ridiculous but i'm not opening up those doors i'm sorry okay well um i guess i'll just hang out here until morning then you're breaking me. You're killing me. Come on. What? God. You're going to really make me open up those doors, aren't you? Would you feel more comfortable if I covered you with uh, my bow while you did so? Are you going to be one of those weirdos that shoots me with a bow? Somebody shot you with a bow before? Roll a d20. <laughs> 14. He sighs, and he's like, no, nobody shot me with a bow. I'm just... I don't want to be shot with a bow, period. I don't want it to happen. I, I don't want to shoot you with a bow. I just I just want to drive a cab. That's that's all I want right now, man. Listen, kid, I believe you. I believe you. So what we're going to do is you knock that arrow. Yeah, you're surprised. I read. Smug little asshole. And he, he uh, sort of shakes his head and he's like, you knock that bow. You keep it aimed for me to make sure nothing gets to me you bump the button with your elbow i'll bump the button with my elbow and we'll get you out of here okay it sounds like a plan all right and he fishes under the desk and pulls out a handgun (laughs) he's like i'll watch your back you watch mine don't fuck this up kid and he makes i'm not sure if something's gonna happen or if nothing's gonna happen and i'm I'm, I'm, the anticipation is killing me (laughs) He makes his way over to the button, and he points to where your button is. He's like, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. (laughs) Roll that d20. Oh, motherfucker. (laughs) Does that count as interference because it hit the cord? Yeah, I'm going to say it did just because it stopped it. That's even worse. Can we keep the first number, which was a six rather than a five? (laughs) We're going to go with that five, unfortunately. Oh, good. So he hits the button with his elbow, and you hit yours too slow. And he's like, kid, you're killing me. You know that this is causing me a lot of anxiety right here in my chest, and you're gonna make me do this button thing again. God, kid, what I wouldn't do for a brewski right now. You're just, you're making me want a cold one. I've got a lot of desk work to do. <sighs> okay, Tell let's you do what, this man, again. Once, once I'm out of here, I will run to the store, and I will get you a six-pack. To say thanks for your help. I can't drink at work, and I'm not going to want the drink after I'm done with work. Just just roll the die. (laughs) (laughs) Significantly better. I know it hit my dice. We're going to run with it anyway. (laughs) It was a 12. It was a 12. 
So he hits the button with his elbow, you hit the button with your elbow, and he skitters back over to the cab, and he's pointing the gun out the crack of the door as it's rising up, and absolutely nothing happens. Okay. And he's like, <laughs> go, go, go! So you walk over very politely to the cab. Crazy-ass people in a crazy-ass town. In a crazy-ass world. So you climb into the cab. Ass world. Ass world! So, you climb into the cab, you close the door, you're driving out of the depot, and then he's... As the doors rolls, roll closed behind me, a little violently red creature skitters under the door and attacks him, and all I can hear are the screams! Anyway, carry on. Thankfully, nothing like that happens. Okay. But you do get a frantic call from Charlie on the dispatch radio, and he's like... I can't get the door closed again. <laughs> you condemn me to death, kid. I'm never going to forget this. Sorry, Charlie. It's okay. I've locked myself in the office. I think if I'm really quiet, they're not going to get me. They will tear up the rest of the cabs, though. <laughs> I'm not... This is not even this dangerous. He's just a nutcase. Well, I mean, it's got its moments. Oh, it's got its moments, yes, but I mean, it's not its not that. I mean, we're not talking like Walking Dead levels of violence here. Yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's for a later episode. Yeah! So, uh, yeah, no, Charlie is a little bit of a paranoid recluse. I expected you to say a little bit of a bitch. He's not a bitch. He's, he's, bish? he's not a bitch. No bitch? Ain't no bitch. But he is a paranoid recluse. He is a little squirrely, but he's a good ally to have. I'm just going to say that. And and I've fucked that up royally, I'm sure. Not necessarily. He, he uh, doesn't take a shine to pretty much anybody, and that's when he takes a shine to everybody. So anyway, he, uh, Charlie lets you know where your first job is, and you start heading that direction. Do you want to roleplay through the day? Or would you like to hurry through the day? Let's just assume that uh, unless anything interesting happens, I don't want to roleplay being a taxi driver. If okay. I wanted to roleplay being a taxi driver, I would just play Crazy Taxi. Or Grand Theft Auto V, where you can steal a taxi and then play as a taxi driver. I do it regularly. You can, you can, I, you can also do that in 4. Yeah, but Grand Theft Auto Four had terrible cars. Absolutely terrible cars. You can also do it, I think, in Saints Row. Yeah, but Saints Row isn't as good as GTA Five. Let's not even pretend. Are you yawning I or love Saints Row? Excuse you. I couldn't get into three, but I liked two a whole lot. Yeah, I've heard that's mostly the case for a lot of people. Anyway, so you're going through your day, <laughs> and eventually Charlie leaves, and it's a little bit of a relief because he's just got that voice going in your ear literally all night. Morning. Morning. But he leaves at 9, and then Casey gets there. And it's a little bit of a relief, because she's not as panicky. She's a little bit more mellow, as long as the building isn't burning down. Have I heard from uh, Logan at all yet this morning? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, well, I'm going to shoot him a text to make sure he's aware that I'm not dead, and that uh, I have his car at my place of employ. And he sends back a text that's just a little heart with another little heart in there spinning. And that's it's a cute little emoji. Aww. Yeah. 
so Logan's not dead. He knows you're not dead. He knows his car is in one piece, though it's also covered in blood. I'm, I'm sure it's not covered in blood. I'm sure there's just some blood. And there's enough blood that he would call it covered in blood. I mean, in fairness... That was a little dramatic, Logan. <laughs> in fairness, you would also call it covered in blood in real life. You would call it covered in blood. The entire passenger seat has a slick layer of blood on it. Okay. So, I mean, it's not covered in blood, but you'd call it covered in blood. Anyway. So, Casey does tell you at one point that uh, there's a job that you are being sort of called upon for. Specifically, someone by the name of Rosie. She says that you two know each other, and she would like a ride specifically from you. Lovely. Okay, where does she want to be picked up? Oh, she's outside the Somerset building? Yeah, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sure does. Do you remember why? Yeah, that's the apartment building where I got my head clopped. No, I didn't get... Did I get hit in the head there? You yeah, did. I did. I got hit in the head at my apartment and at that apartment. Yeah. We're going to have a whole series, I'm sure, by the end of this, of the many places where Alex has been hit in the head. Yeah. Um, I really need to... I've watched enough Archer to know I should really probably um, uh, get a CAT scan. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm gonna go pick her up then. Do you want brain trauma? Because this is how you get brain trauma. <laughs> anyway, that's the only Archer joke that I still remember because most of them I just don't remember. Anyway, so you make your way up to the Somerset building where you find her standing there with heavy-ass black sunglasses on, and she's playing it as nonchalant as she can. Okay. And she gets into the cab as you slow down. Or are you just going to drive off? Uh, uh, <laughs> no. You're going to slow down? I, I imagine I would stop and let her in rather than just slow down. It's Hurry, get in! I don't have brakes on this thing! That's <laughs> typically how people get into vehicles. So you the slow down stop. and stop. And she gets in. And you start driving, and you're like, where to, I'm presuming. And then she puts a gun to my head. No. Oh, okay. No, she's she's not threatening you in this case. But she's like, so I guess you know what you set free upon the world. Should I not have? No, it was a bad choice, honey. It was a bad choice. But you work for him. I work for a lot of people. I mean, she's just a little girl, though. But she's more than just a little girl, though, and you know that now. That's what nobody seems to get, is I know they look like normal people, but the problem is they aren't normal people, are they? So you're not one of them? No, I'm not. No, I'm not a vampire. No. So now what? So now I'm going to tell you my side of the story. And you're going to help me. Okay. My name is Rosie Kismet, and I work for the Order of St. Tenant. We are a religious society built from the ground up to stop things like that from killing everything and taking over the world. And you might have noticed, if there's one high-ranking vampire, there's probably a lot more than just the one. They're like cockroaches. They infest our society from the bottom all the way to the top. And I had previously hired Keith to work with us to stop one of them and so that we can find out 
about how to stop the rest of them. But you went and you fucked all that up, didn't you? Go ahead and say it. Yes, I did. Come on, you can say it. He was an asshole. I assumed he was a bad guy. Yeah, everyone assumes that everyone's an asshole when they hit people. But the problem is, you were getting okay, involved... Okay, he was an asshole before that. Yes, fine, he was a little rough around the edges. But guess what? He knew how to do the goddamn job, and he was busting his ass to make sure that we got the kid. Because that kid, we weren't going to kill her. We were going to figure out how to cure her. Oh, you didn't think of that one, did you? No. Yeah. All we want to do is find a cure to stop the vampires from spreading their disease. They won't even let people acknowledge that the disease exists, that there are viruses that turn them into that. So what do you say? You gonna help us, or are you one of them? Thank you for not killing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I just kind of stumbled into this. I don't, I don't really know how you expect me to help. Um, but I mean, I guess I'll try. Well, for sure our business is we're going to get that kid. We can't take an adult. They're just too damn strong. But a kid. Now that one is manageable. We did it once. We can do it again. So you're like undercover, I guess? Yeah. It's a lot easier to get uh, close and to learn their schedules and their movements and their patterns if you're living with them, if you are part of their circle. What were um, all those numbers I found in Keith's notebook? That was Keith keeping track of the finances to isolate and locate a vampire with a kid that we could abduct. Huh. Okay. Kind of yeah. careless of him to to lose a notebook if he's supposed to be so special. Did we ever say he was special? No, he was good at his job. And you were the one problem with that. Do you not realize that most people don't go around looking at other people's shit? You were nosy. You shoved your nose in where it didn't belong. And because of you, Keith is dead. All those cops are dead. If I wasn't careful in covering my tracks, I'd be dead. And in fact, in the next month, you'll probably be dead. But I'm here to try and make that not happen, and I'm here to try and help you in stopping them first. Well, I mean, I don't know if I really want to help you if it's going to end up with me being dead in a month. We're here to make sure that doesn't happen. Because, trust us, vampires? Mercurial. Quick to make a decision and then change it. I mean, but this 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 chain of fast food restaurants has been around for a while, and he hasn't gone on a killing spree before, so I mean, I figure as long as we leave him and his kid alone, I mean, then we'll be fine, right? You don't know about Herschel's, then, do you? Oh god, it's people, isn't it? And she smiles and she leans around with a phone where she has a little hand-recorded video of somewhere in a factory where people have needles shoved into their necks. They're being hung upside down, drained of blood into huge vats, and then the bodies are being ground up. 
and then turned into delicious burgers and chickens. Or not chickens, but chicken meat. Quote unquote chicken meat. I don't think you could convince anybody that human meat is chicken meat. Nah, it's doable. I don't know, because I mean, human meat would be red meat. Human meat tastes like pork. Yeah, but it's red meat. So you grab the right parts. I still disagree with you. Point is, burgers. The human meat is being turned, at the very least, into burgers. <sighs> Gross. Mm-hmm. Okay. People are being sold to other people at Herschel's every single day. They cover the East Coast, they're leaning to expand into the West Coast, and you just gave back the daughter and heiress to the entire company without even breaking a sweat. Okay, so how do we get the kid back? Pretty much the same way that we took her the first time. We just spot a gap in the schedule and grab the little bitch. Okay. I don't like this. What don't you like about it? Um, all of it. Um, I'm... I should have... I should have just given the notebook back. Probably. Probably. But it's too late for that now. Yeah. You're in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, there is the side effect that you are not as capable as Keith. But we can work around that. We figure you were good enough to get him killed the first time. You should be able to be good enough to capture her this time. Don't you think? Yeah. Midtown Mythos is brought to you by Brannigan and Knoll Productions. Alex Oberlin is played by M. Star Brannigan, the game master is Morgan Knoll. Game and story written by Morgan Knoll with contributions from M. Star Brannigan, produced by M. Star Brannigan, intro song by Mr. Nictus. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us with your favorite podcast site. For more Mythos and behind-the-scenes material, visit us at midtownmythos.tumblr.com. Brannigan and I are also on Twitter at Brannigan Star and MXM Null.